Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today. I am going to start off by saying I'm not in my usual recording environment, so I hope the audio turns out okay. Last weekend, I was traveling and my travel plans went a little bit sideways, so I just didn't end up having the amount of time that I usually like to do an episode, but we're back again today. So just recently, I gave my annual conflict workshop for a faculty development course, and it made me think this really should be a podcast episode. To be honest, I do sneak a fair amount of self-coaching into the workshop, but some people may or may not recognize that. So anyway, the first time I was asked to give that lecture, I really felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about conflict and I don't think I'm very good at it. But one of the best ways to learn something is to learn how to teach it. So I did. And actually in the process of it, I think the first time I gave the lecture, I had just gotten familiar with coaching and was just in the process of getting coached myself for the first time. And then this sort of has evolved. And I've really come to realize that there's there's just so much use for self-coaching skills in negotiating the conflicts that we all encounter, especially in academic medicine. And actually, it's become an area of interest for me because one of my passions is patient safety. And most patient safety problems arise from communication failures And many communication failures happen because of either conflict or fear of causing one. So if we can learn how to negotiate conflict and kind of diffuse the amount of angst it causes, that's a huge win. So obviously, a quick podcast is not going to be able to cover everything there is to know about managing conflict and managing yourself. But we're going to go over a couple of the most common scenarios. So one place that conflict can come up in academic medicine is when there is a difference of opinion about clinical management. Now, we see this all the time, right? We have learners who may or may not know what the you know current science is. We may ourselves not always be 100% up to date with everything that's out there because how can you be? There's a million journals that come out every month and you cannot possibly read all of them. And Of course, there are tons of things that are just sort of gray areas, and there isn't really a clear, this is the best thing that you should do. And so in those cases, you have to use your clinical judgment, and clinical judgment is going to be a little bit different from person to person. So where conflict comes in is when the people who are presenting their management plans to each other have not just a difference of opinion about it, but they have some sort of idea that it's personal. So, for example, if you're an attending and you're supervising resident clinic or inpatient service or whatever, and your resident presents a patient to you and gives you a plan of care that sounds totally bizarre to you and you think this is not the right management at all, and then the resident shows you a journal that they and all their students reviewed for journal club last week and shows that they're right and you're wrong, there are times where this might evoke a little bit of a fear response that attending might feel like they're trying to be one-upped. They might feel like they were put on the spot. They might feel embarrassed because these people who are junior to them knew something they didn't know. 
once your brain decides that something is scary, your body reacts naturally. This is that amygdala hijack that we talked about. Gosh, that was a while back. Now, it's not always a full amygdala hijack, but there are times where that fight or flight type of reaction takes over your body. Your palms might sweat, your heart is racing, you might even feel like your hands shaking, things like that. So the reason this has happened is because your brain decided this was about you, not the medical plan. So in a situation like that, the first thing you need to do is fix the physiologic response because when that is happening, it's utilizing physiologic resources and you cannot teach or learn in a situation where your body is using all of your physiologic resources just to prevent you from certain death. So those old things about take a deep breath, count to 10, I promise you, they actually work. If you're able to do that, one way to practice that is if you can think of a situation for you that makes you feel very scared, get yourself to that physiologic response and then practice calming it back down. So like for me, I am very, very afraid of heights. And in 2016, my siblings and our partners and a couple other people hiked the Grand Canyon rim to river and back in four days in memorial of my father who had died the year before and who loved the Grand Canyon and hiked it several times a year. I had never done anything like that before. It was a very physically challenging experience for me, but it was also very mentally challenging too, because as you can imagine for someone who is really afraid of heights, walking along cliff edges for miles and miles is pretty scary. So if I want to practice my skills at calming myself down, all I need to do is think about that trip. I actually have a picture where my husband took a picture of me rounding a corner and it was a pretty steep ledge. And if I just think about that picture, I absolutely will get some sweaty palms and some heart racing and then I can practice my calming down. Once you've gotten really good at calming yourself down, you can step back a little bit and recognize, okay, the reason I'm feeling this way is because of a thought that I'm thinking. I think they're attacking me. What if I decided that they're not attacking me? What if I decided that this is an opportunity for me to learn and teach? Now, a lot of times it has to do with your mood that day and what frame of mind you're in. Now, I'm sure all of you have had moments where a resident or student taught you something and your response was totally different. Your response could have been, all right, cool, learn something new. So all you have to do is remind yourself that there is another way to think about this. I'm creating this fear in my own mind. And instead, I could choose to create a learning environment where I show the trainees that I learn too. Okay, so second common scenario. When you have to chronically interact with coworkers who don't manage themselves the way you think they should manage themselves. So we're talking things like punctuality administrative tasks, whatever, you name it. And this may fall into one of two categories. In one category, it might be something that you observe but doesn't actually have any impact on you. If that's the case, that's easy. None of my business. If you're not their direct supervisor and if it is not in impacting you directly, it is not your problem. This is where I like to go back to 2020, 2021, walking around the hospital and employees not masking properly created a lot of rage for me 
but I did a lot of work reminding myself, I am not the mask police. I am not their boss. This is not my problem to fix. But what about if it does impact you? What can happen is over time, you can start to create either a villain story in your head or a helpless story. So just to recap, I know we've covered these before. A villain story is when you are exaggerating the evilness or wrongness of another person. And a helpless story is when you believe that there are no reasonable options and so therefore any actions you choose are justified. Villain stories and helpless stories often intertwine. A victim story, which is the third one in this triad, is when you are exaggerating your own innocence. We all have these stories. But when you're in a situation where a coworker often manages themselves in a way that you think is not quite right and it impacts you personally, if this is something that you have not addressed one-on-one and if it is something that has gone on for a long time, Chances are your brain is convincing you that there is a villain story going on here, and you're probably not aware of it. The way we diffuse that is, first of all, recognizing that villain story that we are creating, recognizing that it is completely made up in your own brain, stop believing it as the truth, and then figure out what action you want to take to resolve this conflict. Is this something where it's appropriate for you to have the one-on-one conversation with a person? If so, you're going to ask yourself ahead of time, how would I want someone to approach this with me? What's my differential diagnosis for why this keeps happening? And where and when can I plan this conversation in a way that it feels safe and collegial, just like I would want it to be if someone needed to have this conversation with me? If it's something where it really is appropriate for you to address yourself, I highly encourage people to do this because the more you turf it to someone else, the less credibility you have with that person. Nobody likes to feel that someone is sort of tattling on them behind their back. Now, let's say you've been the source of a conflict. Let's say you had a day at work where you were not your best self. And let's be honest, this happens. We are flawed humans. We all have our moments. So there's a little bit of an art to figuring out the appropriate level of compensation for your own bad behavior. Obviously, if you were rude or unprofessional to anyone, that absolutely deserves a prompt and heartfelt apology. But you want to watch out for situations where you think that someone thinks something about you and you need to correct them. So you said something and you've walked away later thinking, oh, they think I was meaning something else or they must think this about me. And you feel like you need to correct that. Be careful. That's a big red flag. Remind yourself you cannot control what other people think. You do not control what other people think. If this is a one-off thing where you feel like you may have misrepresented yourself and you feel like it would be appropriate to explain that, absolutely do so. If it's a recurring thing, either you're not behaving in a way that is congruent with your personal and professional value system, or you're trying to people please. Once you figure that out, you can figure out what your actions should be. The last thing I want to say on this topic, and this is probably the most important point of everything we've covered so far, is one of the best ways to prevent something from turning from a disagreement into a conflict is to decide for yourself ahead of time there is a problem out there. This person or these people 
are on the same side of it as I am. We need to fix this problem. We need to come up with a solution together. It totally reframes the way you're thinking about the whole scenario. If you can reframe this in your mind so that all parties are focusing on the problem at hand and how to solve that, rather than whatever conflict is happening between them, it just turns everything around and it opens up all of your creativity. And as an added bonus, once you have worked on problem solving together as a team, it absolutely strengthens your relationships and it moves you forward for future collaborations too, which then prevents more conflicts in the future. See how it all comes together? So today you're getting some homework. I want you to think about either a situation or a person that you often have a little bit of conflict with. I want you to pick one lesson, one thing that you can improve upon next time this happens. Write it down, plan it out, and then when it comes up, put it to work. All right, thanks for joining me again today, and I will see you back next time. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer. <laughs>